passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors is everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. From superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED lights, and more, whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. When Ryan's when it's time to begin, it's on the rewind around with John Pollock and waiting the A team that makes sense of these things we see in the ring every week on TV. It's rewind around for Monday night, download a Tuesday morning from the post wrestling site. It's rewind around for Monday night on USA now on the John and Way take the mic. Everybody and welcome to Rewind to Raw. I am John Pollock here with you to go through all of the action from Monday night in Houston, Texas. And much like F1, Waiting is into his his summer break schedule. So uh, Wei will be back at a date to be determined. Uh, but we've got a deep roster that is going to be uh, accompanying me because there's no way that I'm going through Raw solo on Monday nights. And uh, joining us tonight here. In beautiful 4K, crystal clear. Shout out to the chat room because here comes Andrew Thompson, who is here with us on Rewinder Raw. Andrew, my good man, how are you? Hey, hey, John. As we were talking about it before we started recording, man. Last time I did um, the the daily news show with Wade, they they was they was killing me in the comment section, man, about my camera. One dude said I had PS2 graphics. They, they, oh boy, they they, they 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 was on my back, man. But you know what? Look at this. 4K Thompson is officially here, man. This is, this is beautiful. You you could convince <laughs> me that you're sitting here right with me. That's how, that's how clear <laughs> the, the picture is. So um, we're, we're uh, kicking things off tonight. It is obviously a very, uh, very intriguing time in WWE. And I wanted to rewind just a bit uh, going back to uh, SummerSlam on Saturday. And, you know, certainly last week with Raw, you know, as, as I had heard and had been reported elsewhere, like a lot of that show had been kind of structured before all of the changes so I think a lot of people were watching this past weekend and tonight's raw as indicative of you know the the significant changes so tell me some of your impressions of SummerSlam on Saturday night and um, just kind of the the overall feel you had after that show if you if you felt like it it did feel like a like a significant change yeah it it, it definitely did feel like a, a change in WWE's overall presentation it's funny you said that because I remember um the raw commentator Jimmy Smith had did an interview um, not too long ago, um, and this was this was after the 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 MSG show, and he was just like he was talking to one of the producers of the of, of WWE Raw, and he was just like a lot of people are going to view that show as like some 
indictment of what it's going to be like post Vince McMahon, but he was like that specific show had already been structured while uh, while Vince was still in place. So I think that was like, I think it was like a sort of like a fair point to make in, in terms of like what was to come. But like, I definitely think SummerSlam and tonight's Raw was definitely like a a, a change in, in terms of like, we seeing sort of like these fresh matchups and, you know, you got people like Champa, you know, heading to the U.S. title picture and, you know, we getting EO popping up on TV and, you know, getting the matches against Bianca and stuff like that. I mean, I, I, it wasn't like necessarily a perfect show but it definitely does display like what could come in the, in the coming months in terms of WWE's on-screen product. Still paying tribute to some of the old tropes. Uh, they'll, they'll still oh, make yeah. their way into the show, so oh, we, yeah. will, we will get into that. <laughs> one complaint that I don't know if I heard one person say, but we got addressed tonight was, you know what what is plaguing Raw? There isn't enough of Raw. Maybe we could just do a commercial-free first hour. <laughs> that would that might uh, cure the, uh, the the issues that are out there. But uh, we'll talk about that uh, in a little bit. Um, so yeah, I think SummerSlam was largely a, a very well-received show from people, and yeah. one that I just sense like a lot of optimism coming out of that show. And I think a lot of that you can attribute to. Just the returns of, of Bailey and Io Shirai coming up to the main roster, Dakota Kai. It just started that show on such a high note for people that I think that carried itself through the show that you had the feeling of kind of an updated view of the product and and kind of a make good with, with your audience that I, I think that kind of transcended throughout the whole show, like which it had its ups and downs, but it was overall a pretty yeah. positive review that most had of the show. I, I feel like that's kind of the thing with, not not all pro wrestling shows, but it, it it tends to be like the the normal thing in the terms of the route to go. Like when you start off a show hot, it sort of like carries over throughout most of the show. And like of course you'll have your peaks and valleys throughout it. Like I think, of course, like that show started all real had that SummerSlam show, and then like I felt like that it, it felt like the, the the beginning of the back end of that show had that downtick, especially with the the way the Ronda and and, and live match ended. That, that's mm-hmm. still like sort of the. So, sort of that down point in the show, and then it, you know, it eventually rose back up with the main event. But you know, I'm pretty much like you said. I think it was a solid shot. I'd give it like a seven point nine, maybe an eight out of ten for for SummerSlam. So, did you uh, seek out anything else that was going on this weekend? I mean, Starcast oh, yeah. was was holding all of its panels, and of course, uh, Ric Flair's last match on on Sunday night. Uh, <laughs> what, were, what were some of the the highlights uh, that that you checked out th- this weekend that that you were interested in as well to go out of your way because th- there was a lot to pick from. So definitely that uh, that Moxley Desperado match. I, I didn't see it live, but I, I saw the like um, I saw a lot of people tweeting about it, so I definitely went to go check that out, and it definitely lived up to the hype. Uh, especially that spot that was making the rounds when he took the, I, I, I don't know, with the skewers. I think that's what it's called. He like mm-hmm. smacked him against Mockley head. That was crazy. Um, I saw, I, I think it was Cole. Uh, was, I, I hope I'm not butchering his name. Cole Ratchet right now. I think he won the DDT Extreme Championship. Uh, that was cool. Uh, Blake Christian and Hiromu Takahashi. Yeah. I don't know if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that that that, that, was, that was a good one. And um, yeah, of course, the, the Ric Flair's last match. Like, I, so, so firstly, that, that I, I felt like the in-ring action for the most part, I'm not talking about the flip match. I'm talking about just the card yeah. in general. I feel like the in-ring action was pretty good, especially that four-way. With, oh, uh, the triple-A match was. Man. That oh was incredible. Yes, I, I, I thought it was the best match. Granted, I didn't see any of the stardom uh, Grand Prix over the weekend, but what I saw uh, of WWE, G1, uh, that was my match of the weekend, was that, that four-way. I just thought it was absolutely spectacular, and uh, Bandito owes uh, Black Taurus. Man. Uh, like, dude, like that's... Uh, 
That's a make good you owe that guy for uh, the foreseeable future because he, for those that missed it, Bandito, who's coming off that, that neck injury recently on the Triple Mania card, is doing a Topecon hero to the floor and he's about to fold his neck Eagle. onto Straight the down. floor. And at the last second, Black Taurus just catches him, just complete perfect catch. And they just boom, go right into a, into a code red spot on the floor. Uh, but it, it was like frightening, but the save was incredible by uh, Taurus. You want to know what I was like, literally just about like, I was about to bring that. I was like, did you see when Bandito almost went? He almost spiked himself like legit. And you want to know what? It's kind of crazy though, because Black Taurus, he like, I mean, it, it, I think everybody like did great in that match, but I feel like Black Taurus, he kind of showed out a little bit. Like in terms of like, he, he felt like the guy that was like in, in, in like some of the most like marquee moments throughout that match. Like, I, I feel like he did like an excellent job of like really like carrying his weight, of course, with everybody else in the match. But yeah, that was probably one of my favorite matches of the weekend. That was a, that was a great match, and of course the uh, the main event of that show that was um that was something. So, how, how did you feel? How did you feel going into the match? Like what was uh, what was kind of your overall impression? Just of the idea in and of itself of a seventy three year old Ric Flair having another match. Um, it regardless of, of a tag match and you know doing the smoke and mirrors. Right. But I mean, was this something that you were kind of indifferent to against, or did, did you just see it for what it was? I. I, I did not like. I was not a big, big, big fan of, of this happening in general. Because I mean, like, just like you said, it's a seventy-three-year-old man with a pacemaker in his heart. So it was like one of those things where, like, e- even throughout the match, like I had saw you had noted it in your uh, in your news update today. Go check that out on the post wrestling site. It was a, it was a real good write up that John did. But like, it, it, it like I was under the same sentiment of you. You, you was like, um, it felt like Flair was just trying to make it to the end. And it definitely felt like that because I'm, I'm still like, dude, it, it was moments in that match like with like he was just like, and, and I'm talking about even early on when he just like gassed like, and he was like throwing these like horrible. Now I'm, I'm not like I wasn't expecting anything, but it was just like it, it just felt like this race to the end where it was just like, okay, we just get through it, and that's it. And like, I, I, I feel like the the people who were there, like they were. And, you know, I, it's completely different. They, they were there it. to love it, Andrew. Like, yes, they were not yeah, there. Like, they yeah. were not going to put their critical hat on at all. But, I mean, you, you, it is what it is. Like, you, if you're assessing this, and a big part of it was that, you know, Ric Flair was not happy with the way things ended with him. So, you know, it seemed by the end, like, he seemed that, you know, I, I got through this. And he seemed genuinely moved by everything. Hopefully yeah. that, um, th- that gives him his fix of what he was looking for. But... You know, for a lot of these performers, Andrew, it's like you, you hit that high and then it's hitting that high again. And I have no doubt with Ric Flair that come six months, a year from now, this is someone that's always going to have that 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 itch that that he's going to want to to have in his professional wrestling career. And God knows if the figures he's thrown out that he's had offers for, he says he will not do another match. But that's there's serious money that people are putting behind uh, Ric Flair continuing. I, I think he's gonna do another match because I'm I, if, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think even in his promo he said like one of my last it was the was the verbiage he used and, and maybe that could have just been like him you know in the in the moment and you know loss of breath and all that stuff and him just you know talking and rambling and stuff. But I, I definitely think that Ric Flair probably end up doing another match. Like I, I won't say it probably be any, anytime soon. Maybe I I definitely think he'll do one before the before 2022 is over though. That's um. 
Yeah, it was. Listen, he he went into this injured. He had like the the the, the foot injury. The, yeah, and the, I mean the plantar fasciitis injury. Yeah, yeah which is a like, like that's a serious injury. Like yes. you're, you're dealing with. I, like I know fighters that have had to deal with that. And that's like a hell of an injury to deal with. Much less a 73 year old. And like it was it was a tough match for Ric Flair to get to. Like it wasn't pretty. He was totally done by the not even by the end. Like early in this match, like you could see. I mean, they did. God, they they teased a heart attack at one spot where he's like he's, that, he's that in front was of. Like, I was, <laughs> it's like I don't know, I don't know. Hey, hold on, wait, y'all, real quick. I, I had I had one of my um, one of my friends who he, he he's not like that tapped into wrestling. Like he keeps up with it for the most part. He like keeping up with like stuff here and there. And like I had sent him my uh, my fight link so he could so he could watch the show. And like dude said, he was just laughing like the whole way through. Like and, and it, it, his first thing was. This is like much like pretty much everybody else is like, this is a 73 year old man. Like, why is he doing this? But like, especially at the end, like he didn't even win the match. I mean, to be honest, like his show, his show shoulders was on the mat the same as, but I don't, I don't think that he could it was, physically. Uh, Ty, Ty goes to the retiring wrestler. Okay. That's, that's how it was judged. Hey, hey, hey John, real quick, before we, before we move off that, can we please talk about Jeff Jarrett? This, this man, the, the longevity and like different parts of his career, dude. I I thought on, 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 like for fifty five, dude, he looks in great shape. Like this is a guy that like if he didn't have his existing duties at WWE, like right. he could he could do his like little run wherever he wants to go. Um, you know, I and, and I thought honestly for this kind of a match in Nashville, like he worked for the the, the spot. So I mean, with with him, I mean it's been. It's an incredible story uh, with Jeff Jarrett that he's just yeah. become like this interesting kind of Forrest Gump of wrestling that just finds himself <laughs> in all of these different scenarios. Like he's just the guy just in the crosshairs of all these historical events in pro wrestling history. And it's um, yeah, it's, it's rather remarkable, and especially when you look back at a few years ago when, it, you know, it was, you know, his, his exit from, from impact and then turning his life around and where he is now. I mean, this would have been very hard to forecast uh, five years ago where this guy w- would be and in now like a prominent executive spot in WWE. Um, Jeff Jarrett, man, we call him the ultimate bag chaser. Jeff Jarrett is everywhere doing everything. SVP at WWE Live events, man, like the. What, what, what is a Jeff Jarrett doing these days? I think it was your interview that was the turning point. I think after that, I mean, he, he gets the podcast rolling. It's like all this, uh, you know, he's he's back with WWE, all all of this stuff. I think that was really the uh, the turning point for him. But um, j- just last thing on, on the Ric Flair show was um, h- how did you think they did just in terms of like the promotion of the event? Like it was a pretty healthy crowd that they had. They mo- they upscaled yeah. the venue. They went to the municipal auditorium. Uh, they had no television to build this off of. This is pretty much just online and through the, the documentary series that they did and the hook being Ric Flair. Like that's what the show was entirely sold on. But wh- what did you think just of this concept? And and do, do you think like there's a market that like Conrad Thompson and his kind of network that he could do more of these live events? Or did you just view this as th- this was a one-off and this is not something they'll probably try in the future? Now see, that, that that's an interesting one to see. I, I definitely, now that you bring that up, I definitely can see maybe Conrad getting into that side of things and doing like a promotional thing, like, you know, once every couple of months or, you know, maybe like in a quarterly period or something like that. But I, like, I, I had read, I think it was, um, I think it was PW Insider who had reported that uh, David Sahadi was the one who produced the show. He was like the person, like the, yeah, the, yeah, the, he the was on the, uh, was, the credit roll. Yeah, yeah. It, it was him and, um, 
I think Brian Road Dog James that those those are people. Yeah, who would, he like, was listed as show. a producer too. Yeah, so I mean, if if you can get like maybe not the exact same crew, but you know, people who were on this crew and you know could continue to have these like varying uh, different relationships, these promotions because like. You had New Japan people on this car. You had AAA people on this car. Impact, MLW. You had interpromotional stuff like that, that. That stuff is interesting, man. And if you can build something consistent to it and and, and just generate enough interest, like yeah, you did on this one, I I think they could do some. You know, maybe like like I said, probably like quarterly, and you know, draw enough interest to where they can run uh, similar venues like how they did this past weekend. Uh, last uh, bit of news here, and we'll uh, we'll get to the Raw review. Just uh, looking at the ratings from Friday. So SmackDown going into SummerSlam the night before, they did 2,193,000 viewers and a .52 in the demo. Uh, they were number one on television for the night in, in the main demo, uh, even though they were down from the week before. But that was the SmackDown that held all the curiosity because that was just hours after Vince yeah. McMahon's resi- resignation. So if you throw out last week, this would have been their highest in over a month. So down from last week, but it was still a healthy number and number one on television. Rampage, on the other hand, had a very rough week. They fell 12% in viewers down to 375,000. It would be their lowest viewership in their regular time slot on Friday night and fell 36% in the demo to a .11. There were just some stunning losses of audience this week, Andrew. Um, Their 18 to 34 number fell in half by 50% from last week. Uh, This was a show that uh, the male audience fell 41% in 18 to 49. It fell 74% in males 12 to 34. Uh, so this, it uh, in the demo, it equaled their lowest ever for Rampage uh, with another show that didn't even air in the time slot. So th- this is a really bad number uh, for Rampage. And it's also not out of the blue. Like Rampage, it struggled uh, during the NBA playoffs because it got bounced all over the place. But it also hasn't like rebounded since the playoffs ended. And I'm just curious just what your thoughts are with Rampage. I mean, this is clearly the number two show now of AEW. Yeah. I think it's a distant um, second from Dynamite at this point. And do, do you see any major changes that they put to Rampage? Do you think that they react in any significant way to to this trend? Or or do you feel that this is the reality of what they're expecting on Friday nights? But it, it it is down, and it's been consistently down. I definitely think it's the latter part of what you just said. More, more so, like this is the reality what they're expecting. Like, so, so sort of like the to, to, to like throw like a, a counter question at you. Do you? Uh, do, do, I mean, when you slide a, a show at eleven p.m. on a Friday night, like realistically, like what what numbers like would you be expecting on, on a consistent basis? Like, and like it, it has been steadily declining, but like when you have like that type of time slot. Like what, what? What numbers would you like? Just realistically, like, what would you be expecting from a, a show in that in that specific time slot? Well, I I don't think anyone has any illusions to oh, this. Oh, doing... oh, that, oh, that 10, 10, 10 to eleven p.m. Yeah, uh, ten to eleven slot. Eastern. Yeah, ten to eleven. Yeah, yeah. I, like I, I don't think anyone has any beliefs that they're going to be doing the level that that Dynamite does on, on Wednesday. It's right. a better night. It's a better time slot. Uh, but that said. It's not like Rampage is in a new time slot. It's been at this time the whole time, and and they're down from what they were doing prior. So I, I do feel that over time, this has become a show that if you sit down, I mean, most Friday nights we sit down. It's a fun hour. It's good wrestling. Yeah. But but is it must see? Is it something that you're yeah. going to feel you missed out on? And I don't think that's the case. Like you're going to get a great hour of wrestling, and you know what? We got we get a lot of great wrestling on a weekly basis. I I think that that's where you. You kind of 
uh, have to weigh. Like, do we put major stuff on Rampage, even though it's going to be a lower audience, um, and take that away from Dynamite? Like, I, I would say a year ago, um, if we if we compare now, let's let's say CM Punk was coming out of retirement this year instead of last year. Do you think they do it on Rampage? No. I, I don't think there's a chance yeah. they do what they did last year, yeah. but that was a huge uh, deal to establish and Rampage. Yeah. And if, if a punk came along today and it, like, there's no way they're doing a live Rampage as opposed to like Dynamite. At least I don't believe they would unless they absolutely had to for scheduling reasons. And, and Rampage this week is live, right? This is a live. That's right. Rampage it is. TV, right? You're right. Because yeah. they're doing this and a battle of the belts on Friday night. So it is live. Yeah. That's that's maybe makes a little bit of a, of a, of a difference for them. But yeah, this, this was a really bad number. And, and I don't know what you necessarily attribute to you had, um, you know, the main event was Anna Jay and Ruby Soho. You had the best friends, mm-hmm. a trios match with uh Satnam Singh, Jay lethal and Sanjay Dutt. I guess those were the two kind of marquee matches, or maybe people just did not want to hear the acclaims new rap video. I don't know what you, uh, you, you assign here, but I think it's just, it's an overall trend. I don't know if it's, you know, one weekly lineup or anything. It just, it just seems to be a growing kind of seeing rampages as skippable on, on a Friday night. So it's, yeah, let's say, or so maybe people just, you know, I, I, can, I can catch it the next day or, or the following Sunday or something like that and just catch up to it uh, whenever you can. Because like you said, it's not like, I, I, me personally, I don't think it's like, there, there are some weeks where I'm like, okay, I want to see what's going on Rampage Live and there's other weeks I just catch it tomorrow or I catch yeah. it the next day or, or some along those lines. But like, I, I, I really, I don't, I don't remember the exact numbers for it, but I, I really did like that stretch where Rampage came on like early in the day. Like I think it was during the playoffs. Like they was like on like 5 p.m., and, and, and I, I really enjoyed that. I felt like that was like a good little thing. I don't know if the numbers like reflected like, like my personal thoughts about it, but I felt like that was like a good little um, a little time slot for them, uh, especially in that that time. And it, it seemed like a lot of people, like from my, my Twitter timeline, saying a lot of people enjoyed that too. Uh, so uh, final thing here, just for uh, the schedule this week, um, it is a brand new month. So if you want to hop aboard the uh, Post Wrestling Cafe, we are going to have three G1 shows coming out this week. We've got uh, Mike Murray joining me on Tuesday. Uh, on Friday, Bruce Lord will be with me. And then Sunday, we're going to recap two shows with the one and only WH Park. So all of that is happening at postwrestlingcafe.com. Also for cafe members, I'll be doing a Battle of the Belts 3 post show on Saturday night because uh, we're getting that as well uh, that's taped on Friday. And uh, the whole schedule is up at postwrestling.com. And if you want to jump aboard, postwrestlingcafe.com. And we'll get all of uh, Andrew's plugs in at the end. The man is a very, very busy man. So we'll set aside about 30 minutes for uh, what's coming up in <laughs> Andrew Thompson's world. He's, he's a busy one. Uh, but we hey, have... Hey, Claudio versus Takashi. Oh my! I'm looking oh forward to that. I yes. mean, like yes. these Battle of the Belts have not been the biggest cards, but I'm I'm really looking forward to that match on uh that we'll see on on Saturday. So, uh, yes, that will be the big headliner there. But tonight we have Raw to discuss from the Toyota Center in Houston, Texas. Uh, according to WrestleTix, over 10,000 uh, tickets out, so it was a, pr- a very big crowd uh, per Raw standards, and we got the commercial-free first hour and. This was a, this was an interesting uh, maneuver, and I mean, to be fair, when we have seen these commercial-free hours, I mean, one of the benefits of that is that you know there's there's less reason for your audience to tune out, and it usually does swell uh, the viewership. The trade-off is you don't have any advertising that that first hour, but um, this is one where I, I'm sure this first hour will do very well coming off the pay-per-view, the added interest, and not having any commercials to let people you know tune tune away, but. 
I do not need commercial free hours on Raw just as as a viewer, personally. For real, you, you ain't like that. The commercial free aspect. It's 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 a long night, Andrew. It's, <laughs> I need those commercials. It's uh, for for a three hour show. Uh, you, you do it every every once in a while. I, I get it, but let's not make this a a, a staple uh, of Raw. What, what, but, what's your what's your preferred snack of choice during the commercial breaks on Raw? What you what you, what you snacking on? Uh, dude, I have like a, a decaf coffee and that's uh, <laughs> and some water. It's it's a pure liquid diet when I'm uh, watching Raw. I, I'm I'm. Uh, I'm preparing myself for, for endurance-wise of uh, what I have to go through with, with, with Raw and then chatting afterwards. How about yourself? I had this nasty-ass handmade pizza from Domino's. Ooh. It was horrible. Handmade pizza it. from Domino's? Handmade, it's disgusting, bro. It, it got this like nasty like garlic and flavor. I want my money back. That's Boy. what I want. Man, no love for Domino's. <laughs> Bury a Domino on the podcast. Yeah, I mean, geez, they got they got their fill of wrestling last year with uh, Jericho and Nick Gage, and now now getting some, ah, look at that, look at that, and now here on Rewind to Raw, I don't think Domino's is going to be calling up away for any ad spots either. <laughs> uh, Becky Lynch starts out the show, and she comes out in a sling as they recap the match at SummerSlam, and the whole arena is chanting for her, and she says how she finally remembered who she was at SummerSlam goes over all of her attributes, and then confirms that she has a separated shoulder and she had to go through uh, 20 painful minutes until the ending of that match, but realized that she had become separated from reality. And she mentions building this to be the best the women's division has ever been. She gave her best. It was not good enough against Bianca Belair, but she will not be defined by a title because she defines the title. She won't be defined by any man because she defines the man. And thanks, Bianca, for pushing her over the past year and calls out Bianca. She comes out and the two hug in the center of the ring. And Becky says she will see her soon as she makes her exit. And from there, uh, Belair just said that she respects Becky Lynch despite their past issues and that Becky made her work for this title and she's ready for anyone. When we cut to the back and there are our new trio of Bailey, EO Sky and Dakota Kai attacking Becky with a chair wrapped around her arm and further attacking the, the injured arm. Belair runs to the back to her aid and they later announce that Becky Lynch will be out for several months as a result of this injury. So um, a legitimate injury that she sustained in the match on Sunday. And that's definitely a blow uh, when you've just added, um, you know, this raw women's division is just cooking at this point with the talent Mm -hmm. that they have. Uh, But unfortunately here with uh, Becky will not be part of it, at least for the the short term. Yeah, it definitely is unfortunate. Like, I feel like, Becky turning baby face like this is probably like the it, like this 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 dynamic of her and Ronda like now actually being in the roles that I think will best suit them both is like kind of funny like and I think that Becky was like gonna be on this like very upward trajectory uh going forward as like I was yeah, the number two baby face under Bianca Belair on, on Raw and it, it definitely is unfortunate but honestly I think sort of her being away for a little bit and like letting the crowd sort of miss her and stuff is is, is going to all play out, man. I think it's going to help. Uh, when you know when time comes that she does come back. Yeah, and we'll await kind of um, you know the extent uh, of the injury. Like hopefully it's nothing that requires surgery or anything because yeah. that could that could prolong things. But uh, do, do you like the direction now that they're both in these roles, uh, Becky and Ronda? Like that looked to be the plan for for Mania, and now they're in the roles. I think they should be. Yes. Now, now it makes more sense. Cause I like Rhonda is a baby. Like, and you want to know what's funny, John R- Rhonda. Uh, I don't know if she does them anymore, but she used to do these little, um, 
these like little gaming streams and I would like cover them on the site because usually she'd say some say some stuff that would be like notable like we're covering so I would like throw something up but like I remember one time she had said that uh that when she when she initially came back to WWE like she wanted to be a heel like because she felt like it didn't make sense for her to come back as a as a babyface seeing as how she was essentially booed in the final stages of that first run so she felt like it, it wouldn't make no sense for her to come back and be like this pandering baby face to the crowd and like oh my gosh i'm so glad to be back and it, it, her point actually makes sense so like now that she's going to be sliding into this heel role like it it, it kind of makes me like i'm not, not not necessarily worried for liv's title run but like i, I think that i think her probably her title run is probably gonna be numbered like i, I probably a clash of the castle to be honest with you they, they uh if they run that back but yeah I, I like her in that role and i like becky as a uh, as a baby face and bring it back the whole man thing I, I think it's gonna work out well and of course that eventual if it is to happen that clash at uh wrestlemania 39 next year and on on the raw side i mean it looks like bianca belair just has a huge lineup of man, yes. opponents to, to go through and it, it looks like they're they're gonna take their time with them like i, I wasn't crazy about the non-finish with a uh, eo sky but i think they just mm-hmm. want to prolong this as as much as possible but she's got uh beyond those three uh you have you know Oscar and Alexa in, in the mix as well. Like there, there's plenty yeah, yeah. of options of, of where you can go. Rhea Ripley, yeah, that they're kind of keeping off to the side as well from this division. It's it's very loaded on on the Raw side, and it makes you wonder what we'll see on on SmackDown. Hey, I, I want to ask you, like, do you think that, like, I, I mean, of course, it's, it's it's only you know one, per- and we specifically referring to uh, I'm specifically referring to Dakota Kai in terms of like people who were a part of uh, you know Triple H's NXT. You know the one that majority of people were very fond of, but like, you, you, can you see like anybody else, like specifically on the women's side, like that was part of that that maybe you could see coming back, like maybe like a Candice LeRae or Tegan Knox or like any, anybody along those lines that you could see sort of being uh, slotted back into WWE's women's division now that Triple H is leading the creative. Well, I mean, by by the end of Raw, when they were teeing up next week's show in Cleveland, I was already seeing the tweets yeah. of people like l- l- yeah. looking at, at, at that for um, uh, Johnny Gargano and such. I mean, it, it's it's all kind of I, I would say uh, possible now. Like I, I think mm-hmm. there's only like of all that talent that was cut, there's only so many spots that are out there in other companies for these talents to go to. And if you're looking to kind of fortify some of your divisions. I think WWE becomes a renewed option. I think a lot of these performers, they'd like to be in WWE. I don't think any of them, you know, some, you know, when they're cut, it's it's great. It's, you know, a brand new world for them. For others, it's, you know, they they had no issues in WWE. So mm-hmm. I, I certainly feel like there's, there's way more talent out there than there are full-time positions available for. And in WWE, maybe like some new spots open up. And I, I think certainly there's that, that, that potential of other names coming back. Just, just as like a shot in the arm for some of these divisions. Like, look at what Dakota Kai and a call up of Io Shirai meant on on Sunday, and suddenly this Raw Women's Division it's got a totally different feel to it, just yeah. with the addition of those two and Bailey coming back uh, instantly. It's, it's something fresh, man, and it's something new, and I think that's what this show has needed for a long time, and especially considering if it's going it, to, it, I, I don't see this show ever not being three hours at this point. Like, I think it's no. going to stay that way, but like, if, if you want to do that, like keep bringing the fresh people in man in the crowd like i feel like specifically with some some of these uh main roster i don't want to call them main roster crowds but like crowds that normally go to these wwe like raw smackdown shows i feel like they're they, they, they're like sort of habits in terms of watching the show might have to get like altered just, just a little bit like because I, I feel like triple h's vision of pro wrestling is 
far completely different than, than Vince McMahon. So I think it's going to be like a lot more wrestling oriented. And then on top of that, you will see like a lot of, you might see a lot of new faces coming in. So I, I mean, like just look, way, look at the matches we got tonight. Like this was a concerted effort of putting together more quality matches on this show. Like yeah. there was, uh, with due respect, there was no sign of Omos on this show anywhere. Um, but I mean, Uncle Nate ain't gonna be happy about the Omos land. He might not. But seriously, like you look, <laughs> like look what they built the third hour around. Like you had the Usos and the Mysterios, Chomp against AJ, Bianca Belair against EO Sky, yeah. and it extends it. Like you got a Rollins Montez Ford match, uh, Z- the, the triple threat matches. Like this certainly felt like there was more of an emphasis on, on putting like like quality matches together on yeah. on this Raw. Yeah. So then, uh, then we had this video package on the history of the United States Championship, narrated by JBL, and we get clips of Dusty, Harley Race, Slaughter, Piper, Flair, Brett, all these other past United States champions, and then cutting to Bobby Lashley as the one who holds the title now. Uh, this might have been more emphasis they put on the United States Championship <laughs> than any time in WWE's time of promoting this title. Like, all of a sudden, it's like, okay, let, let's put, like, a, an ounce of focus on this secondary championship. I mean, this was this was glaring at the beginning. Yeah, no, I, I definitely liked it. And, and I mean, like, it's like it's like simple stuff like this that will make people care. And like I always say this about like like most, if not all, things in pro wrestling. If you make your audience care, I promise you they'll care. If you put just a big enough emphasis on it, it will feel important. If you don't make it feel that way, then people won't care. It's like that simple. This was great. It was just a great, simple idea to make. Hey, this title's important. Lots of important people have held it. And now someone, we have a dominant champion, and we're going to build our show around figuring out who's the guy that's going to challenge for this title. Like it was yeah. very simple and very effective, I thought. Recap of The Miz and Logan Paul. And then Logan Paul does a video saying that it's the coolest thing he's ever done. He's addicted to the sport and he wants more, but he doesn't know where or when, but it will be massive when he returns. Maybe Jake Paul's going to say the same thing. He doesn't know when he'll be back to box because uh, his fight is no longer happening this Saturday, but it'll be big yeah. when, when it happens. But uh, yes, yeah, so uh, more of Logan Paul. And I guess the question will be if they, if they put him on that whale show, like that's a pretty big show. And I think we're going to expect to see Logan Paul at, you know, not every pay-per-view, but I, I think like the big ones. Yeah, you know, damn sure Logan Paul is going to be working damn Paducah, Kentucky at the house show on Saturday. He's <laughs> actually... <laughs> he definitely going to be on those big shows, though. But I mean, in all honesty, John, like, no bullshit. I think Logan Paul did a great job. On, uh, he did a very good job. Saturday. Like, everyone was he raving did. about him. And, and that was a crowd that was not behind this guy throughout that yeah. match, but he won them over like the, throughout that match. And by the end with that frog splash through the table, it was like that crowd, they were like, listen, okay, we weren't in on this guy, but he worked his ass off and he, he got a lot of deserved praise for, for Sunday, Saturday's match. And about, on his podcast, say, and, and, oh yeah, go ahead, go ahead. You go ahead. I was just going to mention that tomorrow on his podcast, he will have triple H on, um, which is a really interesting interview, depending on what territory they uh, they go into and what like Triple H is very smart at at what he puts out there and what he withholds. And we'll see what kind of an interviewer uh, Logan Paul is, because I will admit I have never listened to Logan Paul's podcast, but I guess I will have to listen to this one. I think I think, I think we might have a couple articles hitting the site tomorrow, Joe Poe. Look at we, that. We, we, Andrew. Look, look, we got some stuff on the site tomorrow, man. Of course. Look, of course look, look out for Andrew Thompson, folks. He's on, he's on <laughs> he's on top of this stuff. Hey, do, 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 you, do you think it's going to be one of those, like, do, do you think he's going to ask, like, sort of the questions that 
you know, people want to like, cause like for, for Triple H, he hasn't really, I mean, he, he's done interviews. Like I know he did one with the, uh, I think he did like an interview with the athletic, I, I believe, but mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm curious as to as Logan Paul will like ask him like his, his thoughts about like, you know, NXT getting switched around and stuff like that. Or do you think it'll be more so of like a generic, not, not WWE style interview, but more so like less the, the comparison would be the Pat McAfee yeah. one with with Vince McMahon. There we go. And there we go. I just I I've never heard Logan Paul do an interview, so I, I I don't want to go in with like a preconceived notion of like what kind of an interviewer he's going to be. But my my, my gut instinct would be that here's a guy who's uh, effectively his boss is coming in, and I don't know if we're going to get like the the most. I don't think he's necessarily going to want to have this guy on to feel uncomfortable. So but we'll see. We'll see. Like obviously he could. You know, what I like about these types of interviews is that typically the subject is more relaxed and sometimes lets like like Vince just starts going on that interview. Mm-hmm. He's not getting any hardballs from Pat McAfee, but he was relaxed. Yeah. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. There's obviously plenty that you could ask a Triple H. We'll see how much he's willing to divulge um, with Logan Paul. AJ Styles, The Miz, and Mustafa Ali. This is our first of two triple threat matches, and then the two winners would face later in the show to determine who gets the next crack at Bobby Lashley. And The Miz has his taped ribs. This crowd, man, they were getting into these tiny balls chants, which uh, sadly is getting over uh, with with the crowd. Ali missed a uh, 450 and then got hit with a Ushigoroshi from AJ. Uh, Ali hit this beautiful-looking Tornado DDT off the turnbuckle to AJ on the floor, and they showed a replay with this low-angle shot from the floor. looked incredible. Ali climbs into the ring. He's caught with the skull-crushing finale, but Miz crawls over, and he can't get the three-count. And the finish comes as Ali hits a 450 onto Miz, and then he bounces off of the body into AJ's Styles Clash, and AJ hits a Styles Clash, Dropping Ali onto the injured ribs of the Miz. This finish was friggin' awesome. Beautiful. And AJ pins Ali in eight fifty one. This like whoever uh, structured this finish um, deserved the bonus. This was an excellent finish. Um, really strong. I thought at certain parts of this show, like the crowd just was not into some of these matches. They really had to work to get this crowd going. Uh, but yeah. I, I thought this was a really entertaining match and a tremendous ending. Yeah, I, I liked it a lot. I'm I'm excited to see like, you know, like the Mustafa Ali's and the and the Cedric Alexanders and you know people like Sheldon Benjamin and a, and a Ricochet and 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 and, pe- and people who are really known for those. Dude, like, Ricochet, sort of, could you imagine Ricochet as he got this this news last Monday? I mean, this guy's <laughs> so in the like, witness protection program in WWE. It's like <laughs> this guy can't buy television time. <laughs> But, but like I, I'm excited to see like people like that get get more TV time. I, I wasn't surprised to see Ali take the pin. I, I definitely don't think Miz is going to take it. Like especially coming off his loss to Logan Paul, and then I I feel, I feel like AJ was like when I saw this uh, the match graph, I feel like AJ was going to be the best option to, to to win the match. And I definitely love the finish, man. And I, I feel like everybody had their like individual times to shine uh, throughout it, and I feel like they put on a really solid match to you know sort of kick off this new era, if you if you will, of, of WWE TV. Becky was in the trainer's room. They were icing her arm, or she was just asking uh, for ice, and that would be the last uh, we would see of Becky. And then Bailey, uh, Dakota, and EO, they speak with Sarah Schreiber and said, it's not about Becky or Bianca, it's about us, and you'll see, see soon enough. And then they walk past the Usos, who are interviewed as well. They feel that they're going to beat the Prophets again, just like, or they did beat the Prophets again, just like Roman beat Brock again, and we're going to beat the Mysterios again tonight. Hey. Hey, hey, John, you want to know something I, I, something I really do like about 
um for and all honestly both triple h and tony khan's sort of style of, of booking is that when it comes to like pairing people together they they do both of them do like a really like decent job of like putting these people together that you probably wouldn't think go well and then like once you see them like in the mix like they go like really well like like eo dakota and bailey like if you, if you would have said that pre SummerSlam, i'd have just been like how does that even like like what does that look like like how do they you know feed off of each other but like now that i'm seeing it like in live action like they actually work like as a trio like they really do and even with uh like i i know like just just a random team to throw out there from AEW, like uh caster and bowen like they weren't mm-hmm. a team you know what yeah. i'm saying and they just got put together and now now look at it, i think they one of the most uh entertaining acts on, on weekly aw television so i i feel like both of them they, they did like a real like decent job of like putting these people together and i'm i'm really interested to see more of that on wwe side to be honest with you because i feel like you 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 have people that can really um benefit off of being paired with another individual and all it takes is just to find that right formula so i, I think we're going to be seeing more of like the the, the the bailey eo and 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 dakota pairings you know in uh in the coming weeks and stuff like that yeah, I think so far so good. Like you know, two nights in, I think it's been a, a very positive pairing, and 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 they're in prominent spots on on Raw right out of the get go. So your audience is is taking them very seriously as a group. Uh, then Seth Rollins comes out. He says we can celebrate because there's no riddle. He too is on the shelf with a career threatening injury, just like Randy Orton, and now he can turn his attention to Roman Reigns and the title. And the audience got excited by this name drop, but the Street Profits interrupt. Rollins calls them the biggest losers in WWE after their latest loss to the Usos and tells them to leave. But then they bring up the fact that they beat Rollins to become the Raw Tag Team Champions. And Ford says that you got your ass kicked by Cody with his one booby. Ford and Dawkins then set up a game of rock, paper, scissors to determine who's going to take on Seth Rollins. But Ford just grabs the ref mid-game and just takes the match, steals it away from Dawkins here. Oh, man, the seeds oh, man. are being planted, Andrew. Oh no! Don't 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 tell me you one you, of those. You, you do not you do not take a man's ability to play rock <laughs> paper scissors mid game with him. That's that's a heel maneuver right there. Hey, the heel hey, tactic. Hey, 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 John. In all seriousness, though, like I, I I get I get what people are like. So so that they 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 see I, I see I see it too in, in Montez Ford, but I, I, I the thing is like normally. Okay, so so if, if you would have through this, like, if this whole street province, like, I, this whole idea about them splitting up or like going in separate ways, or, or you know, whatever, one, one being pushed over the other, pre pre Triple H, I'd have been like, yeah, I don't, I don't like, I, I do not think that's a good idea because I think what was going to happen, like, if he hasn't come in, was Montez Ford would be the one that would get spotlighted, Angelo Dawkins would sort of fall to the wayside a little bit. There is like a little bit of hope, like if they are to go full Montez Ford, that I think that Angelo Dawkins would still be doing some. But honestly, in terms of that, team, I, I'm like pretty high on Dawkins. Like I think this that's guy what, that's has. That's what I'm saying. I like he's Dawkins. really upped his game these last couple of months. I think that he is he is not someone that I'm looking at as like this this group breaking up is going to be the downfall of this character. Yes. And you're right. I think with this. Um, you know, with, with with this history, like I think he will get. Let's put it this way: he's going to get a real opportunity to fail or succeed. I don't think it's going to be a case of this team's broken up and he's just off to the wayside and forgotten about. Like he's he has pulled his weight in all of these matches, and I I don't think it's going to be this this negative impact on, on Dawkins um, if they do in Man. fact do do the split. 
and, and I, I I said this uh, a couple of weeks ago in the podcast I was doing. I was just like th- th- this idea that like Dawkins like is like the 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 behind man in, in this whole situation. I'm like, have y'all seen this dude with his, what he's been doing in the ring for like the past several months or so? Like Dawkins is like showing up, and he he always has been showing up. But I feel like specifically now, like with all the talk about Montez Ford, it sort of like motivated him in a way, like internally. And I, I do feel like if they were to go the route of maybe the Street Profits, like, I, honestly, I would prefer them to do what the new they do. Like, they can go their own separate ways while still being a, co- a connected unit. And in that way, you can sort of still swap in the tag and single stuff. But, yeah, man, I, I, the, pe- people going to stop sleeping on Dawkins, man. I'm, I'm telling because he can hold his own, too. But I definitely see what people talking about with Montez Ford. And then you got the Rock endorsing him and all that stuff. So, you know. There's a lot of pressure on Montez Ford. Like it, it just seems like yeah. everyone's anointed him, and then like that's like you're you're still going from like a tag wrestler to jumping into a singles act. Like that's it's not an overnight transition, and it just seems like a lot of people like they're already anointing him as a top star. That that comes with a ton of pressure on it as well. But uh, he had this match with Seth Rollins. They went uh, ten and a half minutes here. Uh, they went to the floor where Ford stopped a pedigree and then Ford's ribs were running to the post. He beats the count inside and we see a high cross off the top by Ford flying blockbuster and gets away from the stomp and hits a spinning tornado DDT off the turnbuckle. Rollins gets his foot on the rope and lands a buckle bomb Falcon arrow. Ford kicks out of both of them and Rollins misses a splash off the top and the audience gets excited. This is Ford's chance. He goes for from the heavens, lands on the knees, and Rollins follows with the stomp, pinning Ford in 10 minutes and 35 seconds. But they really tried to position Montez Ford as threatening Rollins, and Graves especially really put over Ford yeah. uh, at, at the end here, that even in losing, um, he was th- this big threat to Seth Rollins, who they are obviously not beating right now with this this Riddle program and, and maybe more beyond uh, the next month. You, you want to know what I think they're probably going to try to do. I think when it comes time, like where there's a situation where like there's maybe like a, like a six pack challenge or some, or some along those lines, they'll slap Montez forward in one of those positions and like let sort of the crowd like naturally get behind him and sort of let, let, let them boost him to that point. I, I think that's something they, I, if they are going to go this route, I feel like that's, that's more like the, the, the most natural thing to do is to let the crowd sort of push Montez forward towards that direction and not like do this like, obvious like hey we're completely separating these guys type thing but in terms of the match i do think my i think montez Ford had a really good showing and you know of course you know you and there with seth Rollins as well so um yeah i, I thought it was a good showing for montez and and i think that they, they should also allow dawkins to have that same type of you know situation as well Rollins went for another stomp on Ford, but this time Dawkins runs in to save his partner, and that ended the segment, and we'll see if they, they revisit anything more. Um, like, maybe they do this with Dawkins next maybe, week yeah, with, with, Dawkins with next Rollins. Week, yeah. yeah, if, yeah, like, Riddle's yeah. out, and then Riddle can come back in time for the uh, for the Whale Show to work with Rollins. Yeah, I, I was just about to ask you that you think that's the that's the match for Clash of the Castle, Rollins. I, I, I would th- it, seems, it seems like they're doing this, you know, prolonged injury angle where he's out, can do the comeback on TV, and then that's, you know, a bigger match for for that pay-per-view in, in about a month. Have you, have you envisioned that weekend? How insane that's going to be that weekend? Man, that, that's going to be, you, you want to know that for, for, for that, that's going to be a fun weekend to cover. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, to be honest. It's going to be a lot. I, I, the, I, 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 the Clash, I like the, like the NXT show things. all out. It's, uh, yeah. that's going to be a, uh, just wild. week. This post wrestling podcast is brought to you by nerd Wallet's smart money podcast. Financial literacy can be daunting, but it's one of the most valuable things you can equip yourself with. On NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast, 
Their trusted financial journalists offer easily digestible conversational discussions on topics like balancing your portfolio. If you think an ETF is one of Cena's five moves of doom, this show might be for you. Planning for your tax bills this April, so you don't have to worry about a visit from Erwin R. Scheister. And putting away more money for retirement. Because unlike most wrestlers at the end of their careers, most of us should only plan on retiring once. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast on your favorite podcast app. Future you will thank you. Alexa Bliss and Asuka. Uh, this was a short match. Uh, Asuka was in control, drilled Bliss with a knee strike, and then boom, Bailey, Kai, and Sky all run down. And the match gets thrown out in two and a half minutes. And Bailey hits a running knee to Bliss. Kai then lays out Asuka, and Sky is going to the top with a moonsault, the chair, but Belair runs down, chases them away, and they lead to Belair issuing a challenge to any one of them, and Io Sky accepts it, and that is what we are going to get later. And then at 9.05 p.m., after 65 minutes, we got our first commercial break of Raw. <laughs> I, I, I see you're not, you're not, a, not a fan of this hour. Uh, I know you said it. It, it, was, it wasn't hour. terrible. It's not like it dragged. I think this was right, like right. A, a pretty like I- intriguing episode of Raw. So I think people were naturally engaged. I, I just hey. – uh, I, I don't need the commercial free as like a regular. They were Sometimes they, they go overboard with this stuff. But I do think it's going to help this first – I think this first hour will be like a very like highly watched hour of Raw. Hey, hey, John, what, what do you think? Do you think Oscar's presentation is going to change now that, you know, there's like a new vision? Like, I, I feel like that whole, like, her being like, you know, the goofy, you know, the, just, you know, the, the the overly, like, dramatic type Oscar. I, I feel like that's, like, I, what, I, I like, hope this, so. I, I hope yeah. so. It's such a caricature that I, I feel it's yeah. just so, like, nothing. And, I mean, no, no one handled her better than that, that NXT run where like you could, like she was headlining some of those takeovers by the end. Like she was um, tremendous, but I mean, she had to adjust her presentation on on the main roster. And I I hope that we get kind of like a much more dialed in uh, Oscar because, you know, she would be a great asset on, on either show and just kind of lacks, I would say any, any significant identity right now. It's just sort of just like, it's just the, the silly promos that that she does, that 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 streak that she had, man, I, I feel like that was, it. it I, I feel like it, it was a it was a benefit to her, but also at the same time, like once that becomes like your identity, then yeah. once you lose it, it's like, what do you got? You know what I'm saying? So, I, I, I'm I'm definitely excited though to see like what Oscar's presentation is going to be like going forward though. The next uh, triple threat was Dolph Ziggler, Ciampa, and Chad Gable. Another really good match, I thought, here. Gable did a promo on the way to the ring that his brain is so big it's twice the size of Texas, and he's going to beat the ignoramus AJ Styles and then put this country on his back again, and he's not going to have to cheat like the Houston Astros, and this crowd was just livid at a very factual statement about their baseball team. I mean, come on, you can't... uh, can't argue here. I was I was thinking if Chad Gable won this, we might get a, a flat Earth reference from Chad Gable when he faces AJ. <laughs> but that was not to be that was not to be the case. Brian Danielson resurrected that line this this past week on his uh, his panel with with Renee. That, that is going to be the, yeah. Did Did you watch the whole thing? No, nah, I saw I saw like portions of it. I didn't yeah, I, I saw I, I saw like uh, clips uh, here and there. It was like the, the interesting story that he was telling was that the the segment with the Miz. Their their idea so, going yeah. into it was that Miz was going to cut this scathing promo on him, and Danielson was going to just nail him, like actually punch him on the show, and the defense would be that 
Miz went so far that it was believable that Danielson would punch him, and then WWE could do two things. They could fire him, which Danielson seemed like he wanted to be fired at the time, or they clear him because everyone wants to see this match because that was the source of his frustration, was not being cleared. But he said Miz was so good with the promo that he thought it would be more effective to just walk off and leave Miz with his heat, which was probably – I mean, that did – Huge things for the the Miz. I mean, that's yeah. probably the segment people are going to most associate with him when it comes to any segment he's been involved with. But yeah, that was the original idea that the two crafted up was for Danielson to just punch him on the live broadcast with the <laughs> idea of fire him or clear him. They yeah, said so that, that, that that dynamic between Danielson and the Miz is always interesting because I know Danielson is like openly spoken about. Like I mean, oh, of course you like you never truly know if he's being like it, it is like leaning more to the. I mean, I don't, I don't see any reason for them like leaning to the story, but he has said to him and Miz like they don't necessarily like they're not fond of each other, but they have like a respect for each other. And he's like said that multiple times, and Miz is uh, like utter same the utter the same sentiments as well. So like that dynamic is like really interesting when you see two people that have openly said that they don't necessarily like like one another, but they have that sort of mutual respect enough to work with each other on screen. So back to the uh, the triple threat here. Gable and Ciampa are working together, and then Ziggler fights back. Ciampa slingshot Ziggler, takes this big post shot, and then Gable uh, is wrestling with, with Ciampa. They go through the commercial break. Uh, Gable's got an ankle lock applied on Ziggler, and then Ciampa simultaneously applies a crossface at the same time. Ciampa then breaks Gable's uh, ankle lock hold with a leaping Famouser, and we see a chaos theory onto Ciampa into a zigzag by Ziggler. Uh, Creative uh, three-way spot here. Gable kicks out of that, and then Ziggler and Ciampa are pulling on each other's trunks. There's a super kick to Ciampa, and Gable sends Ziggler out, and Ciampa hits a knee strike that sends Ziggler off the apron. He lands a knee to Gable and the fairy tale ending, and Ciampa gets the win. And I don't hey. think there's anyone anyone happier with these uh, these changes than Ciampa, who all of a sudden is this is like his most significant episode uh, of Raw since since he was called up back in April. Hey, hey, John, let me tell you something, man. If you, if you were in NXT from 2016 to 2019 and you were a main player, you just hit the jackpot. I'm telling you, because that, that, that man is taking care of, like, anybody who was a uh, – who, who, who has been like the well yeah that, of, that of like of the the four people that are still here at this point i mean it's like if you if you manage to stay with this company from that era yeah you're in great yeah. standing here samoa like joe him. would be like man of like uh all like, these like chances champa like i i think shinsuke gonna get a nice little not that nice little run going, going forward but yeah i like I'm telling you, man. If you if you was part of that NXT, like like you know, it's funny you say that, but it's not funny because those some of those people did, most of those people did get released. But like if you if you was part of that era, man, you you probably got a nice little uh, you know presentation coming uh, coming for you. You know, as the, the weeks and months go on. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, for for some that have like gone on to like great spots, and others that have not. I mean, those are kind of in that pool where. Like, that's kind of, to me, where you're going to be reevaluating talent that was cut that might not have been your call, and do we have a spot for you now? Like, it might be... It'll be very interesting to look what the roster makeup is of this company in six to nine months as well. Mm. And, you know, people that are still here, people that are not, like, whenever you get a significant change of this level, you know, all talent is going to be under a spotlight. And it's like, who, who transitions, who... Who who does not as well? Like, there's going to be winners and losers whenever there's a regime change. Hey, John, I want, I want to ask you: like, do you do you think anything is going to happen in NXT 2.0 in terms of the presentation, or you think it's going to stay the same? And like, do you think they're going to start bringing in like independent wrestlers again? 
I think over time, I think we're going to see the, the talent. Um, I, I do think we'll see more kind of a, of an independent talent um, flavor to the show. But I don't think it's going to be overnight. It's right, it's not right. it's not like you can just suddenly change like the roster composition there. But I think slowly it will, and I I expect to see subtle changes with, with NXT 2.0. I don't think it's going to be overnight. It's just a different product next week. But yeah, uh, to answer the question, I, I I do think they'll have a much more open view of who can be stars and and thus who we bring into our system. Like it's it's fine to go and recruit these athletes, but to, I think you also want to be paying attention to the people that have been out there that have been doing this for years that historically over these last 10 years kind of had the most success of going through this pipeline to your main roster guys like your Kevin Owens and I mean you you can just go through guys that they have performed they've been over and they come in it's like they understand this industry you're not you don't have to teach this from scratch that others do Uh, so Ciampa gets the win he will face AJ later on in the show and that brings out Edge out to his old theme, old entrance. He's introduced as the rated R superstar. This was just like retconning the whole uh, mountain of omnipotence, uh, which was nowhere to be found here. This is just right back to this was as much of like a let's just forget the last three months. Right. <laughs> as Edge just thanks Houston for that reaction. I've been a bit of an asshole for the past few months, but now we both get what we want. He created the Judgment Day to help underutilize talent and pass on his knowledge and says, we were just getting started. I was like, yeah, it was, I don't know. Uh, and he says that their judgment got clouded and Ripley and Damian Priest thought they learned all they needed, but I never saw it coming with Finn Balor. Now it's time to kill what I created and he will end the Judgment Day. So here it is. Uh, I, I- Hey John, that that whole split, like, and, and them abandoning Edge for Balor was like so dumb because, like, the pay per view before that, did Edge pin Balor to win the, the night before he did? <laughs> this was terrible evaluation by Damian Priest and Rhea Ripley. They oh, recruited well, the guy that took the loss. Right. <laughs> hey, made no hey, sense. Bro, like, I, I, I know, but I saw that. I was like. That, that's stupid though, because like they they literally y'all literally just beat this team last night, and you, you swapping the dude that got beat, not a not a leader of the group, and and the leader of the group is the dead weight. So I, I, it really didn't make any sense. And, and honestly, bro, I I think that group is like floundering a little bit. Like even when Edge was still like it, it never seemed like it had like that much steam behind it. Like it None. seemed like it was kind of just no. floating, was... going nowhere. I I, I yeah. honestly believe like uh, of Edge's entire history in wwe I, I don't think there's something that's been less successful than than the judgment day that he's been attached to mm. Mm. like to me I mean, it, like, it was what, just what, it was just you know, not I was, clicking I was say, but i would say when i'm thinking about it like it, it, it's, it's hard to think about like what compares like to that in terms of like things that just did not click like so yeah i'm definitely gonna part with you on that one like i can't think of none off the top of my head the Mysterios are in the locker room, and they state that the Judgment Day are now in the rear view. Now they have to deal with Edge. And Ray brings up his history with Edge, winning the tag titles, and thanks him for his help at SummerSlam. Uh, there were highlights of the tryouts over the over the last week in Nashville, and mentioning uh, Dwight Howard showing up. <laughs> what did you think of Dwight Howard's promo? Enthusiastic. You yes. Same a compliment. Enthusiastic. See, everyone was going wild, wild over this promo, and I feel like, especially when it's just like people that are maybe just just following this at a certain level, it's like 
if you can put words together, oh, whoa, this guy's, they were going like, these people are doing like, like somersaults over this guy's promo. I'm like, yeah, okay. He's got like a good delivery. This is fine. <laughs> But let's not let's not stop the presses here about like you know the second coming here of like Dusty Rhodes graced us with his presence at the Nashville tryouts. It's like okay, he's enthusiastic. That's that's a good description of, of this of this promo. I I think this guy I think he's hoping for that contract offer, not from yeah, WWE. I think from from whether it be the Lakers, anyone. He 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 did say that if he isn't he he, he wants to play in the NBA. I know he did um. I think it was with Arash Markazi that he did a post uh, yes. crowd interview with, and he was like, um, he, "He wants to play in the NBA like next year. Like that's, I mean, this upcoming season. But if he can't get a contract, then you know he's looking at WWE. Like, for I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna be real with you. Like, I, I, I don't know where like where Dwight Howard fits in like into the, <laughs> the WWE product, but you know, hey. this was a good tie-in just to have him show up, and yeah, it got yeah. some press for these tryouts, yeah. and it was like like some free PR the week of SummerSlam. So from that strategic standpoint, I mean, it was it, it was a win for them just to have you know a you know a well-known athlete uh, show up at one of these tryouts, but. Beyond that, I I don't know how much we'll be seeing of uh, Dwight Howard in the future. Twenty four seven championship making a comeback with Dwight Howard. You, you know what? The, the, this title's gone missing. missing. This twenty four seven title's gone missing. It's so gone. I mean, listen, we're we're, we're going to notice the things that are not popping up uh, as much <laughs> as uh, people and ideas that are. Uh, then Schreiber's with uh, Bailey, Kai, and Sky again. We we need a name. We do need a name for this uh, this group. I can't just say Bailey, Kai, and Sky all all over the time. We need, we need a name for them. I saw people was like dubbing them control because that's what Bailey put on it on Twitter. Okay, and that, like it's the control is like I don't think it's like official, but like that's the name that Bailey had used on Twitter. So maybe that's the one. Control. Bailey says that these idiots have been on a downward spiral since she left, and Dakota Kai says they know how to play the game, and soon ah. they will. Oh, and then they ended here by saying soon we will be in full control. So that would uh that that would lead to uh, probably where things are going. So there you have it, control. Bianca Belair, EO Sky, in capital letters for people out there for the WWE style guide. Um, early on, EO hit a Asai moonsault. That set up the commercial break. Uh, Belair hit a big fallaway slam, handspring moonsault for, for a two count. And then uh, we saw ba- uh, Belair in control here. She goes for a German off of the apron, but it's blocked. And she catches uh, Sky, swings her into the barricade. And then Bailey and Kai are ringside. They sit on the apron, preventing Belair from tossing Sky back into the ring. This prompts Alexa Bliss and Asuka to come down. We get a second commercial break. And now Sky's in control, double knees into the corner, and slams Belair. And there's a handspring moonsault landing on the knees. Bailey trips Belair from the floor. And Sky tries to use the rope for leverage. Bliss knocks her foot off. And then Asuka and Bliss. Walk into the ring with Bailey and Kai. They get into a big brawl, and the match gets thrown out. This was like a, a two-segment. They were on the third segment of this. So my, my rule, Andrew, is if you're going to do like a, a bullshit finish, it's like once you go after like 15 minutes, it's like at that point you're uh, you're, you're testing my, my limits here. But uh, a nice match that, that the two had, but obviously they did not want to beat either one of these two, and we right. just had the non-finish at the end. So, I mean, prolonging the feud, which they should be. Yeah, I, I, I mean, when I first saw it, I was like, I feel like you should have a, a champion, you know, come out, you know, strong always. But at the same time, I, I, like, I get it. Like you, you know, why would you be Io Shirai? So, and then at the same time, why would you even have Io 
be Bianca. Like, it, 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 they're just so early. Like, it really doesn't make sense. But then, and then you can also throw out the argument, well, why do the match then if you're not going to have a decisive finish? But I, 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 at the same time, I, I do I do get it. Do you, do you think that if Becky hadn't been injured, it would have been Becky, Bianca, and Oscar as that trio that would have been like instead of Alexa Bliss? Yeah, I would I would have to think that that Becky would have been involved in, in this pretty heavily. You you would have to yeah. think, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So, I I, but, I don't but, know but, like who that that third becomes if it's like Alexa right. Bliss that gets promoted to this role or Oscar. But yeah, that's uh that's sort of the backup that Belair has at, at the moment. But yeah, you you would have to have assumed yeah Becky would have been heavily heavily involved in all of this, and it's unfortunate because she as well had a whole new slate of matches with, with people like her and her and Io. Her and Dakota, yeah. like her and Bailey again, like there's um, tons of different options. So I mean, hopefully Becky's not out too long, and when she comes back, like that's another injection into this whole Raw Women's Division that's pretty intriguing right now. Yeah, but I, I was say I, I did think Io and Bianca they had like a, a a real solid showing in terms of like that. I, I don't I don't think it's their first time wrestling in terms of like a. I think it's probably like what early singles matches between the two. Like I think maybe they did probably like one or two or three, but like uh, it, it was like a solid uh, showing for them. And I'm, I'm interested to see what they do going forward between those two. I, I think that it's going to be something along the lines of Bianca sort of making the rounds within the group before. She... Oh, we here? Are we good? Yes, we're good. I can okay. hear you now. Okay. Okay, cool. Oh man. So they, they, you said they tried to take me down. It's the chat. I'm blaming the chat. They trying to blame, take me out. Blame those, the blame those people in the comments. So. <laughs> though, though, though I've been seeing a lot of compliments here for, for, for Andrew. That but, along but with this, it. uh, the spam that we have to be monitoring here in the, the comments. Uh, if you do uh, send in a super chat, I will be uh, getting to those at, at the end. So you can uh, get those super chats in. Uh, Maybe, uh, say, just to wrap up that last one, I, I think that Bailey, I think Bianca is going to make it the rounds in, in the group. Like I think she'll have a decisive match with you at some point. She'll go to Dakota and then eventually they'll have the match that they was with Bailey that they were supposed to have. What was that? Money in the Bank 2021? I think that's supposed to be like an aqua match or something like that. But so I think they'll do some more traditional style this time, this go around. But I, I definitely think the next person that's going to challenge um, uh, Bianca for that title is going to be Bailey. Yeah, I, I think that would be yeah the the logical one. And 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 perhaps you're just going to see uh, Bianca like go through the others. Like, it, it would be quick to go through the other two just on television, but um, certainly I think that's going to be you know those three that you can you can space those out. You can do a lot of those matches and then do something big in Cardiff next month. A lot of different options that uh, I think they have at their disposal. Miz is with Ciampa in the back and goes over all the past U.S. champions and calls Logan Paul an, an entitled YouTuber. And that AJ blindsided Ciampa and secured a tainted win for Logan Paul. And uh, Ciampa used to respect AJ, but now he chose to support a social media influencer. And Ciampa no longer has any respect for AJ Styles. Miz says, Ciampa might not have helped me beat Logan Paul, but Ciampa will be the next United States champion. So a bit of a, a subtle line in there about Miz and Ciampa not helping him beat Logan Paul. And AJ and Ciampa had their match with Booker T brought out for commentary as they were in Houston and introduced as a former United States champion. So they, they were really going overtime to uh, emphasize this United States championship as, as an important title, which is, you know, if they had had this mindset a long time ago, um, having your two main titles consolidated, you would have had, you know, a, a flourishing kind of secondary title that everyone could have been saying, hey, that's the next biggest prize to go for. So so simple and so effective, John Pollock. So simple and so effective. That's what I hope the new motto of this company is. <laughs> hey, hey, so like, I, 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 think you, I think you probably are the same belief as I am, but like, 
Dude, I think Bobby Lashley has been on like a run. I'm talking about with these fans. Do you, do you hear these people like reacting to Lashley? They love this dude. So I'm I'm thinking like, okay, he he really is over right now. So like, do you want to take the United States title off him because that could quote unquote hurt him? But at the same time, I'm like, I wouldn't mind seeing Lashley with one of those titles. To be honest, with you. I wouldn't mind seeing him in the, in the world title scene or in, in the mix with one of those or even hold one of those. But at the same time, I feel like Lashley is like so over right now and the crowd is like naturally behind him like this wasn't like some contrived thing like i feel like the people they just got behind lashley and like they like really behind him so like i'm i'm, I'm like interested to see what they i don't think they will i don't i don't think that champ is going to beat them next week but I, I i think that there are greater things ahead for for bobby lashley if his trajectory is is, is telling me anything over the past uh, several months that he's had yeah, I, I like him in this role right now. Like, I think he's the guy to if you if you're serious about establishing this U.S. title, like put it on a guy that people perceive as a big deal with which Bobby feels like right now. I, I think he's done exceptionally well transitioning to number one, a babyface role. He doesn't have MVP by his side anymore. And he's he's really, you know, to me, to me, that that pairing has been tremendous for Bobby Lashley's career in yeah. TNA and WWE. Yeah. But he's doing he's doing very well on his own now without having a mouthpiece where he's got to do the promos. So I, I think that they want to make this title feel very important. And you're going to put it on a guy that they they see as a, as a as the real deal that is going to establish this this belt for the for the time being. So, um, I, I, I yeah. about to say I, I, I can see some along the lines of Miz inadvertently costing Champa this match, and then that this that is how we eventually get the Champa going solo, and then bring it back sort of that NXT s presentation that he had, and sort of been like doing that whole sort sort of thing, or bringing back certain aspects of that character that he portrayed in NXT, and that that'd be a way to sort of separate Champa from the Miz. Yeah, yeah, because I certainly read into that 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 one subtle line that the the Miz had in there that you probably are thinking, and they're also in Cleveland next week, which is Miz's hometown. So maybe yeah. they are gonna Miz is gonna be super popular next week, and we will see uh, what they do there. So AJ and Champa, uh, we had AJ selling his shoulder from earlier, so Champa slides it into the post, and Styles is fighting back. Uh, we see. Ciampa stop a Styles Clash and lowers the knee pad, misses, and Styles goes for the Styles Clash again, and it's blocked. And then we see uh, Ciampa land this flying knee as Styles goes for the Phenomenal mm. Forearm, and they showed a slow-motion replay from the from the hard cam, and this thing looked incredible. Yeah. I mean, he just... Um, <laughs> this looked snug. Uh, Ciampa brought out Project Ciampa for another two count and then sets up for an air raid crash that is turned into the Styles Clash, but they're by the rope where Miz places Ciampa's foot onto the bottom rope, saving him. Styles then decks the Miz, and this gives Ciampa the ability to attack him from behind on the floor, toss him into the timekeeper's area, and with Miz holding on to AJ's leg, he nearly gets counted out. I just could imagine like the House of Torture taking notes here for uh, future G1 uh, finishes here with this uh, count out tease. But uh, AJ makes it back, but as he rolls into the ring, he's immediately hit with, uh, met with a knee and the fairy tale ending as Ciampa gets the win. And uh, there, there's no one that has been a greater beneficiary, I think, of this, uh, <laughs> this turnover than Ciampa, who went from the guy just hanging out with the Miz in the background, and now all of a sudden, you know, he beats, he gets two big wins on Raw and a title match next week in Cleveland against Bobby Lashley. But um, yeah, I, I thought another good match on this show. Yeah, this was really good. I feel like Champa and AJ were real together. And like, just to repeat what both of us said earlier, man, like, if he was part of it, if he was a top person in that, 
that that prime NXT era, you just hit you just hit the jackpot, buddy. <laughs> you 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 definitely about to have some star making moments, but I, I I am really interested to see what they're gonna do. Like knowing how Triple H views and Champa just based off like how he was presented in NXT, like. I mean, like, and, and, and that, that makes it even more the intriguing part because, like, you got a guy like Bobby Lashley who's really old, and then at the same time, you got a guy like Champa who is highly regarded by the person who's uh, leading the creative of the show. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what they're going to they do. But I, I, I'm, I'm putting my money on Bobby Lashley re- retaining the title. I think Lashley's doing a great job right now. I think they're going to sort of take away that momentum from him. I think it'll be really notable, like the placement on the show next week. Like it'll probably be in a prime spot on the show. And I expect them to get some time as well. Like, I don't think this is going to be, you know, your, like if this was a month ago, you'd be thinking Bobby Lashley and Ciampa are going to probably get four to five minutes with Bobby killing this guy. Yeah. Lashley killing them. (laughs) Like they're going to get like two segments minimum, I think on, on the show next week. And you know, they obviously like, Part of tonight was establishing this U.S. title as like a really important title, and I think that's to set up next week, like make it feel really important. Um, so that'll be something to uh, to look for next week. Kevin Patrick interviewed Bobby Lashley, and he just said he'll defend this title every week if he has to. Puts over Champa as being dangerous, and he's going to bring respect back to this title. Basically, said, no, no one cares about this title, but we've got our work to cut out for us, and I'm the man to lead the charge. Bro, it's, it's crazy because Lashley uh, earlier this year he had um he had a, he said he had seventy five percent torn rotator cuff and his leg yeah. was torn and like dude for him like not to have surgery that's that is insane so so he still has a torn labrum basically right dude it, dude labrums just don't like reattach themselves yeah like. And think of it like I, I'm not I'm not bringing this up as like like a joke, but it's like he he came he missed all those weeks, and then he came back yeah, to do a yeah. feud with like Omos. It's like, dude, yeah. that's it's like those those are they tough do, matches man. just with yeah. someone that like you've got to lead the way with, and you're you're dealing with an injury of that uh, that significance. I mean, it's rather remarkable that like you watch him and it like he has not felt too like compromised with with his style either that he's been yeah. working with. Uh, as well, he's, he's he's still doing those like military plus like military yes. plus suplexes like we deadlifts them like in the air with one hand and I mean with one arm and stuff like that like let Lashley different man that's a different yeah. dude right there man well, that's what that's what Adam Cole was uh, Adam Cole was working with a torn labrum as well it's like it's and like that's Dax a Hall tough injury too. to work around yeah. yeah yeah that's right with with Dax as well so I mean someone's got the secret out there of how to like work around these injuries. Yeah. Then, throughout the show, they're mentioning, like, stay tuned for this extra exclusive footage after SummerSlam went off the air. So we get the exclusive footage, Andrew, of uh, Brock Lesnar re-entering the, the, the messed up ring, and he yeah. salutes the crowd with his hat. And we, we, there we go. Uh, breaking news. <laughs> exclusive footage that has circulated on Twitter right after SummerSlam. Yeah, <laughs> exclusive. <saw>. Yes. <laughs> Man. Hey, hey, what, what do you think the next time we're going to see Brock? I, I'm guessing, just a pure guess, I imagine like the Saudi Arabia show in November. That would good be call. my guess. Yeah. I forgot all about that. That's a good call. Yeah, yeah, I, don't th- I don't think Brock is missing the uh, the Saudi Arabia show. So that's, yeah, I, I think it's like day. November 5th, something <laughs> around that. So yeah, the question will be what you do with him when, when he comes back. Like, I think you've got to move on from this, this Roman stuff at, yeah, at that's, this point. That's, like, that's... Yeah. You need something new with Brock, and I don't know who that is. But you got to, in theory, if you're setting this up for uh, November, like you have time to like really build up an opponent for for Brock that he can come back to, someone yeah, fresh, say, hopefully. 
you, you had you had just uh like when you talk about Brock, I, had, I was thinking about the SummerSlam match. No, no theory on this show. No mention. There was no theory. Um, yeah, they didn't even bring up like the the teased cash in or anything like that. I, I did find that notable um, that they kept theory now, you, off this week. You think you think you have a field cash in? I. Th- I, I don't think there's any chance he's cashing it in on Roman, but I also feel that like there's <laughs> like your option would be like Drew and yeah, oh, I know at the Carter show. Oh no, please. No. <laughs> see, see that, that would be the, the option you would make if it was like, Oh man, imagine the heat. We're going to make all these people so happy and then we're going to make them so unhappy. And that's going to be how they leave the show feeling unhappy. Like, why did I put myself through that? Um, I, I think there's a fairly decent shot of him having a, a failed uh, cash-in. Yeah. At least as long as the belts are, um, you know, consolidated as they are now. Now, see, that idea, I don't know why, like, I, that idea came to my head. But, like, I, I, I'm, I'm not ruling. I mean, I can't see it happening. But, like, it, I, I don't, I don't want to, like, completely rule it out. Like, the idea of this dude, like, cashing in, like, with Drew McIntyre, like, post-clash of the cat, like, uh I, I, Let I me put it this way: it. I, I I think like a cash in now, I think would be met very negatively, and I think they very much don't want to do things that are just going to be. It's it's almost like it's it's heat against the company instead of heat yeah. on the performer, and I think they just don't want because that character of theory is so tied to Vince McMahon yeah. that I think you know he kind of becomes just a victim of that of everyone looking at him as like this Vince McMahon project, whether that's fair or not. Um, and maybe the idea is like we just keep him in it like a background role. He can have this briefcase, and then like in the spring we do something with him or or, or something like that mm. and put it off. Like I, I don't think they're going to be writing off theory as like a character. I just don't know right. if now is the time that you're looking to catapult this guy into a main event position because I think that would be met negatively and and not in a good kind of like heel heel heat type of way. What, like, what, what, like, why, why we on sort of on the topic of Cash of the Castle? Do, would you put a title on Drew, like in Roman's reign, or, or, or would you, would you have like, you think it would be smarter to maybe add in the, the sort of the loophole of Drew is challenging for one of the titles and not both of the titles? Like maybe gets the WWE Championship and the Universal Championship isn't on the line, or, or like, I mean, I mean, they they are one joint championship now, yeah. I believe. Like, so it's like, I mean, I mean, because you you got this this Carter crowd, and I mean, Drew's from Scotland. But I mean, like they're they're no, back in this exactly. on September third. He's from Cardiff, Wales. Okay, that's that's pretty much how they're 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 planning this one, Andrew. Okay, he's through and through. He's Welsh. Um, <laughs> I mean, the guy lives in Nashville, and he wasn't even like booked on the card on Saturday. So I don't know uh, yeah. this guy's roots. Um, I, I think it's really tough to do that, where it's like, okay, one belt's on the line, but one isn't. Yeah. I, if you're asking me today, I, I think Drew has to win this one on next month. And I don't think that disqualifies it that you can get it back on reins, like at the Royal Rumble or something. If you have a big mania match planned for Roman, if you want to do Roman and Cody, like that's a huge match for, for the title down the road. But for, for that day, for that crowd, um, I, I, I think you do go ahead and do the title change. Like, I don't know if there's more you can get out of this Roman reign at this point beyond yeah. just adding numbers to it. You've, you've maximized it to me of the length of it um, that, that I think that's, it's, it's a huge moment for, for that show. But I think you also like, you have your work over the next month to really heat up drew because you know, he's, he's lost some steam over the past two years, but you know, your next month, you can build this up to feel like this is a real challenger for Roman. 
You know, it was funny, John, because I remember me and you did the uh, the Daily News show. This was a couple months ago. And I remember me and you had this exact same conversation about, like, Drew McIntyre, like, what they could do to, like, really heat him up for, like, a world title, a world title run. I, I mean, like, you got, like, four weeks to do this, like, mm-hmm. to get Drew McIntyre ready. Like, I don't know exactly, like, what you can do, but, like, if you, just make just make him a big deal, man. And, like, he putting, like, in all honesty... I don't, I don't even think you need to have him, like, wrestle that often. Like, I feel like if you just have Drew come out there, man, and just speak passionately and, like, let him do his thing and, like, let him get the crowd to rally behind him and let it feel natural, then, you know, it'll do, do some like that some, some, some really, like, great, like, documentary type of, yeah. like, video features. Go. Like, go yep. tell the whole story, about, again, about him being fired and coming back. He won the title in front of in no one. Now yep. he gets the chance to win the title in front of 60,000 people. It's there you go. It's yeah, like th- it's there's a great made. story there. Yeah, you can yeah. do a very simple but super effective build for, for Drew, and and I I think like he's the guy that you could do this title switch with next month. Hey man, but uh, when Cody come back, good luck, buddy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, luck, I mean it's buddy. a good problem to have if you have you know several yeah. guys that are over at that level. Like at at a certain point, it was like man, they were they were starved for anyone that could be you know discussed in that in. A, kind of tier so i mean it's uh it's a good problem to have if you have drew as like another major guy on top uh main event time here on raw was the usos against the mysterios for the undisputed tag titles uh we see them get the heat on ray who eventually makes the hot tag to dominic jimmy avoids a 619 and the usos catch dominic on a pescado attempt run him into the post they go through two commercial breaks Ray and Jay are the legal men, and Ray is just going wild here. Goes for a reverse crossbody, lands a, uh, into a super kick by Jay. They stop the 1D attempt, and then there's a double 619 to Jimmy. Dominic hits the frog splash, and man, this crowd was on on fire at this point with the, the tease of the title change and Jay making the save. Dominic then goes for a suicide dive. He nearly overshoots Jay on the floor. Mm-hmm. And then Jimmy stops Dominic on the turnbuckle, and it leads to Jimmy being knocked down. Dominic lands a drop kick, and then there's the blind tag by Jay, and they confuse Dom, who turns around into the 1D, and Dominic takes the fall in 15 minutes and 49 seconds. Afterward, the Judgment Day are back from the rearview mirror and into the into the windshield. It's the attack on the Mysterios and Rhea Ripley's in the corner. She puts an inverted triangle onto Dominic. Who's just screaming. I love it. Dude. It's like, they are building like this Rhea Ripley, Dominic, like uh, match down the road. It feels like. So then edge makes the big save. He sends Damien out of the ring, hits the impaler DDT on Balor. And then he sets up for the spirit of Finn Balor and Rhea Ripley at the last second shoves Dominic in front and Balor moves off. So Edge, whose head is down as he's in like spear mode, spears Dominic. This sounds totally goofy. They timed it so well. And Dominic sold it like he was dead from this spear. You've got Ray and the medical staff checking on Dominic. Edge has uh, chased off the Judgment Day, so he's left. Ray is nearly in tears. My son who took the spear and that's how the show ends. But um, I, I, I thought the spear at the end, like this was like, they, they pulled off the spot really well. And uh, now Dominic needs all, he's got all the fuel in the world. Screw my yeah. dad. Screw edge. <laughs> I am going for the judgment. Day. 
That is it. Specifically. <laughs> that's it. That's it. Rhea and Dominic. That is going to be the pairing that comes out of this. That's going to be the new, uh, the new male female uh, threat when Dominic joins this Judgment Day group. Uh, but hey, there you go. That was the show, and the Usos win yet again. Yeah, no, so, so firstly, that, that match, I, I really feel like that was like a, uh, that was like a real good match that they had uh, the Usos and, and Red Dominic Mysterio. Like I, 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 I really enjoy like the crowd. Like you said, like they came like a laugh at that. Like especially like the back end of that match, like they were amped as hell for it. And then of course like the end of it. Like I'm do I'm I'm really like enjoying this thing that they're doing with like Rhea and Dominic now. Like I, I don't I don't know like what this is or like what exactly like they're, this is leading to or maybe just a thing like her treating him like the punk little brother and stuff like that. But like I'm like thoroughly enjoying this. Like I, in all honesty, I'm hoping at some point. That like uh, Aaliyah Mysterio gets like more involved in, in, in this, or like at least there's something with her and Rhea down the line, or something like that. Like her just beating on the whole family. But um, yeah, I, I think we'll see some along the lines, like maybe like Edge versus Balor at a uh, Clash of the Castle. Like that'll be one of the undercard matches on that show. Yeah, yeah, I, I could certainly see that. Um, you 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 also have, I guess the. The the inevitable tag of like Edge and Ray together, and then Dominic kind of fits mm. into this like somewhere. And obviously, I guess they're going to tease some like tension between Edge and Dominic coming out of this. So, um, mm. good angle to end this. I, I think the Judgment Day like they they still have a lot of rehab to to go through a, a, as a group, but you know they're they're paired in like a significant story right now, and Edge is back in a role that I think he's better suited for than where he was as the leader of this group, but. Uh, that that was raw. I, I thought a lot better uh, wrestling typically on that, yeah. that we get on on most episodes of Raw. I don't think that was a coincidence that that we saw you know that kind of uh, match construction on this show. Uh, but what did what did you think about the the Raw following SummerSlam overall? I mean, they they kept me hooked for the majority of the three hours. Like no, normally, I'm like for real, for real, like in in the past four to five months, like and, and even before that, like. It's been times like I've like legit fell asleep like oh I covering this shit like I remember I was supposed to do a podcast with I think but you you and Way or, or, or Nate and Way and I like legit fell asleep like <laughs> before like before before the podcast started like it's the times where I, I I'll have to like um keep myself entertained by like just keeping up with like the news that's that's going on and like writing stuff up on the site like to keep myself like occupied like while the show is going on and like I'll just take notes here and there but like. I was like really like interested in this show, and like, I, I think it also had also had something to do with like the fact that this is like the first official Raw with the new regime in place. So like that also entices me to want to watch the show. But I, I, th- I thought it, I thought it was a good job, man. It, it was cool. Things could have been better, but I mean, like I'm not expecting like this three hour show to be like great every week. But as long as it keeps the pace and it's like it's not dragging, then you know you can keep it the way it is. Well. You know what? When when I found out that Way was go- was going to be off for for a couple of weeks, it's like okay, no, no problem. The hardest show to to find people to review this with it's this show, okay? And I feel that with these changes, there's more of an appetite now for people yeah. to uh, come in and and uh, join for for Raw. So I think all of this uh, worked in concert uh, with, with with one another. Uh, we have a few super chats here. We start off Robert Pearson. Oh, thanks very much. Yeah. Uh, sending a $10 super chat. Great coverage as Good always, guy. guys. Robert Pearson, the man. Uh, go check, go buy his hoodies. They're, they get a, a two thumbs up from me. The, uh, the, the Robert, Robert is a good dude. I like Robert, man. Real good dude right there. Very much so. Uh, next one here from, uh, well, I don't know who, who this is, but uh, excited to be excited for WWE. Thanks for the great coverage. Zaw3607. Well, thank you very much uh, for the super chat. And one more here comes from 
Slim Sieber. Shout out to Andrew. Great job tonight. Do you guys expect the same level of push for the Intercontinental Championship this Friday? Do you see kind of just an overall elevation of those those secondary titles? Hey, hey John, Gunther versus Shinsuke at Clash of the Castle? Yeah, 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 for sure. I, I think that's, you know, a direction that they've been building to. You could, I, I think, whether Shinsuke or anyone else, I, I do expect Gunther to have, like, a major match. On oh, the, yeah. Well, as major as, you know, that's his placement on the card will be. But Shinsuke is the built-up program. So, yeah, that would be one to do there. And you know, honestly, like, and, and just to um, uh, further ask the Slim's question, like, I definitely think they're going to go, like, along the route of, like, you know, further building up those titles, those mid-card titles that really haven't been, like, like the like a main focus of really seeing like a priority. I think that's going to be something that's going to be focused on more going forward. I think we're going to see Ricochet more in the title picture back again. Honestly, I what I'm what I'm really anticipating is that it's just a, this eventual, and I think it's going to happen. I, I, like it's not anything out there like any reports about it. I just think it's going to happen. Is that eventual Butch transition back to P Dunn? Like oh, I, yeah. I I I one hundred. I, there, there is no way that Triple H is is, is not going to let. Pete Dunn go back to his original version and to be honest with you like I wouldn't be surprised if he's on that show if that kind of the show yeah it, it it's gonna be very interesting to see you know subtle changes versus major changes that you know I I feel like Paul Levesque is going to be in this interesting role where it's we don't want to make this like a complete kind of repudiation of Vince McMahon's vision of WWE right. but inevitably like over time I think he will get more kind of comfortable in, in transitioning things, but is it going to be slow, subtle changes that a year from now we're going to be watching a totally different uh, person's product or is it going to be massive changes with, within a month? I, I think it's more the latter that we're going to look back and see all the changes, but they're going to be slow and subtle. Hey, John, what percentage of any NXT UK talent being on this show? Uh <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's, a, it's a good question. Um, regardless of of, uh, of changes, I would still say very very tiny. I, I don't know. The, the only only way I think that it happened, you know what? Because because Tyler Bate, it hasn't happened yet. But Tyler Bate is the champion, I think, right now. Like it, I think it has. I think Ilya, because I know Ilya is going to relinquish the title. I'm sorry if I spoiled anybody that just that no, doesn't know that. Fine. But but okay, but yeah, Ilya is going to relinquish the title, and I think Tyler Bate's the champion. So like, I, I can definitely see. Tyler Bate probably get a title match in that show. I don't know against who, but like that, that, that's probably to the extent of like I even see any NXT UK. It's, it's a title that honestly, like if you have any any allusions to that brand having any value, like that title should be defended on that show. Like that would make right. a, a lot of sense to, to do it. And uh, I would say like a month ago, not not a prayer. We, we will see now. Uh, one other one coming here from Matt Hahn. Thank you very much for the $5 Super Chat. I've noticed the promos have gotten better as well in the last week, not just word vomit. Uh, mm-hmm. Have you have you sensed any any small changes yet in just uh, the, the promos themselves, or is it kind of lo- looking too deeply into into things at this point? I, I wouldn't say it's like jumped out at me in, in a big way yeah. thus far. Now, I, don't, I don't think it's looking too deeply. Like I, I think that you, you can sort of like, Maybe if you like go back and look at something, you can sort of get the sense that maybe talents are like maybe like they have a little bit more wiggle room. Like even with Drew McIntyre's promo before the um that Donnie Brook match against Sheamus, like Drew that that like that seemed like that was like just a Drew McIntyre promo, like the something that came from him and you know, it was him speaking, you know, about his history and stuff like that and speaking very uh I'm trying to find the right word, like forcefully, but like in a a naturally good way and stuff like that. So I, I think that as the weeks come on, we'll see talent start to be like more 
free and have more uh, wiggle room to work with in terms of what they say on TV. I think I think over time we're we're going to hear people a lot more relaxed, and, and that goes for the broadcasters as well. I think that is yeah. Hey, M- Michael Cole is the winner. He's the winner. He wins everything. <laughs> Michael Cole has won everything. <laughs> it's it's got to be like the ultimate culture shock for him to be g- going through. Like it's. it's- uh, I, 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 I found I found him to be noticeable on SummerSlam. Like it, it felt like someone yes. that um, just you know it's like he's he's been given his get, get out of jail free card. Uh, we I, have a, I, I, I remember he said that he was like he was like a percentage of like death in, in one of his ears, like from the years of like people like screaming in his ear and stuff like that. Like I'm like, dude, I, I know this dude is like he, he he's he's never going to say it, but I know like internally he's like, thank goodness, like <laughs> I'm free. He might, he might have been hoping, like, well, when's the other ear going to give out for me? Because I can't take this yelling anymore. All right. Uh, from forum.postwrestling.com. Uh, some feedback here uh, before we wrap things up. Tanise from Georgia writes, This was an okay Raw that did a good job emphasizing its primary focus on establishing the U.S. title and Bailey's new stable. DQ, huh? I guess it's the only way from having EO not losing her first match apart from a draw, uh, which I would have gotten on board with. My only complaint is too many video packages, hoping that they leave the mentality of treating your audience as if it's their first time watching with Vince. Take care and be safe, good people. All right, thank you, Tanise. Nas writes, uh, enjoyed this show a lot. It's still far from perfect, but I'm very optimistic. Bianca runs faster in pencil heels than I ever could in Jordans. What a champ. Mm-hmm. John mm-hmm. and Andrew, do either of you have any insights on the reports earlier today that Sasha and Naomi have re-signed with the company? Um, that report was definitely going around. Um, yeah. I, I cannot uh, confirm it, but um, you know, you have had other other sources I- indicating that, that there is a likelihood of that, and and I think it certainly is. To me, that would be a move that I would be very incentivized to to want to make if I am WWE, because it's the ultimate signal to your audience of things are different now, and. It's like Sasha Banks and Naomi endorsing this new regime if they were to come back on your television. So I, I think it would, I, I think it serves everyone really well to, um, to, to make that that happen. But I, I can't say I have that confirmed yet. Yeah, I was about to say if you if you see either me, John, or or, or our good man Neil Flanagan, who's on the news team now. Shout out to Neil, man. If you if you see, and uh, honestly, I'm, I'm being so silly. Like, if you see either one of us post that story on the site, then it it probably come from John's confirmation, or we'll have like multiple reputable sources that have independently confirmed this that we feel comfortable enough running it. So I, I definitely think you'll see that if uh you know if, if if it is to be confirmed. But like we'll definitely like take a in depth look at that. You know if that is the case. But like in terms of like the idea of Naomi and Sasha coming back, that's massive right there. And and, and I think they got more steam behind them more than ever. And I think it also benefited them, the fact that they have not said a word about yes. any of this. Like, they haven't yeah. done any interviews. Like, they got the C2E2 appearance next month, right? And about well, this month. This I, I think weekend, it's this right? weekend. This yeah. weekend. Yeah. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the photos making the rounds of that is going to break the internet, man. But, yeah, but Naomi and Sasha coming back. But if they, if they, can, if they have indeed got them back to WWE, that's – that, that's massive, bro. And then immediately, like you immediately got another shot in the arm in that women's division. Like that, that that's I, I'm, I'm gonna be real with you, bro. That's the key. I'm telling you, like having like a great women's division, that that, that that's where it's at. And if you can add Sasha and Naomi back to either one of those, like maybe not even together, maybe you put one on Raw, one on SmackDown, it's another win. 
Jay from Colorado writes, first time in over a year watching an entire Raw front to back. It doesn't appear much has changed, but change takes time, and I'm optimistic in the direction they are going. One thing I will say is that I can't even see how even in the best of circumstances, I can can devote three hours of Monday nights to Raw every week. I know this will never be a two-hour show again, but I can dream. Thanks to both of you for getting me addicted to F1. I definitely didn't have time for Raw in my life again, but now I have to fit in practices, qualifying, and the races. At least it's summer break. Maybe Ferrari can use this time to pull their heads out of their asses. Yeah, if you thought WWE was in disarray, dude, Ferrari is just, uh, man, these guys just... I was listening to this. I, I don't know if you're you're much into F1, Andrew, but uh, I was. Ferrari has just been making these strategic, just egregious errors, and it like their drivers are just like falling apart at the seams here of just failure after failure. And on this one podcast I'm listening to, they interviewed some fans who are like technically breaking down what Ferrari has has done wrong. And it's like the hosts are choking. Like even these fans like understand like the tire problems that uh, Ferrari's not quite understanding. But yeah, nonetheless, it was it was not a not a great race for them on on, on Sunday. But uh, you, you need to hop into Drive to Survive, Andrew. You'll be hooked on Netflix. My, my only uh like anything that is like the plan, like the racing car games, like the Grand Tour. You, have you ever played Midnight Club, Tom? You ever played Midnight no, Club? No, no, I game? have not. Oh my goodness, we, we got to get. You know what? That's what I want. Next next time, we got to do some type of gaming stream. Me, you, and like everybody else, we can do like a John Pollock gaming stream. We have you play all the racing games and stuff like that. Meet you up at some WWE Two K Twenty Two or something like that. Maybe I'd, 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 I'd have to learn all these games. Uh, <laughs> oh, look, a some royalty. Weighing in here with a super chat, the one and only oh, Andrew's former co-host, Martin Bushby. <laughs> Great job, guys. I want to ask Andrew if a man should be able to laugh more than once a day. Hey, 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 hey John, have you, have you seen this tweet? That's like This thing went viral. It was this dude. He tweeted out. Me and, me and Martin have been laughing about this for like the past like week. This dude tweeted out. He was like, he said, he said, as a man, he said, he said, no man should be, no grown man should be laughing more than twice a day. He was like, <laughs> he was like, he was like, he was like, he was like, one, one good laugh is good enough. And after that, you need to get serious. <laughs> and then, <laughs> I don't wait. What, what an observation. <laughs> what a conclusion hey. to make. Me, me and Martin, I'm talking about, we've been laughing at this tweet all day. And I, I remember Martin had corrected me one time. He was like, I hope you use your one good laugh for the day. And it, it was like, it was like people, they was putting these memes like in the comment section of, 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 of and, and calling the dude tweeted. They was like, call him like the, the, the giggling cop or something like that, or like all this funny stuff. But yeah, that, that was Martin on one of the funniest tweets of my life. And like, I, I like saying Martin always, uh, me and Mario got this little like running joke going on, like when we can't make a joke more than one day, or you're not a grown man. It's hilarious. I, I'm, I'm gonna send you this tweet uh, once we get off this note. I'm gonna you explain it very well. That's uh, you, you convey you conveyed it very well here. I'm, <laughs> I'm just imagining someone who's like, "What? What's your New Year's resolution?" It's like, you know what? I want to cut back on the laughter. <laughs> you know? It's getting in the way of this stuff. I got to get down to business, man. It's like, it's like no, no, no grown I'm 50. Man. Should, be, should, should be laughing more than twice a day. <laughs> I've done childhood. I'm a man. <laughs> hey, hey, oh, man. Hey, hey, John, hold on. I got real quick. Dude, what time is it? Martin, 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 dude, it's like 545 in the morning there. His day's just starting right now. Maybe he's, uh, you know, Martin's getting the work. Martin, Martin, he, he, he left me, man. We had a great thing. And you want to know what? You want to know what's so messed up about it, John? Next month around this time will have been the debut of Bushby and Thompson, September 2020. Our first episode with Nate Milton 
WrestleMania 19, and we could have hit the one-year mark. Man, I the question I have is if Martin's going to sign for the FedEx uh, because there's a warning <laughs> on it says may contain guilt. Signed Andrew Thompson. Man, just dropping that on poor Martin's doorstep. Guys checking in on us at 5:45 in the morning, off to work, and here's Andrew. The guy left me, just left me. Like Montez Ford is going to leave Angelo Dawkins. Oh my goodness! Oh my goodness! The street pop is breaking. We don't need. Oh, I, I laughed more than once. Serious. Time to get serious. Time to get serious here with Muggin, who's got the last word of the night. After after avoiding Raw like the plague the last couple of months, this episode was easy to watch. Matches got to breathe, stories got to build, commentary felt looser, and it drew upon recent history. Seeing someone like Ciampa having a good night winning two matches is a byproduct of Hunter's creative vision. The U.S. title in one night became more important than at any point during Vince's tenure. I'll take more than one, it'll take more than one show to win back fans' favor, but these tweaks go a long way to making sure it happens. I think if there's one conclusion we can make, Andrew, is that there is an overall sense of optimism, whether it's truly real and deserved um we're, we're going to need like several months for that but there seems to be a ton of open-mindedness when it comes to th- this audience um that believes that this will be a product for the better um w- with these creative changes i agree i agree andrew you have been a true pro joining me tonight on uh, rewind a raw um I'm going to tell you right now, I am going to hit you up again to, uh, to join me at some point this month. So uh, we will have to do this again. It seemed a lot of people enjoyed our, our chat tonight. Um, but the floor is yours. What is going on in, in your world? I know you're going to be doing some, uh, some traveling this week. I don't know how much you can yeah. uh, divulge, but uh, always, always busy in the world of Andrew Thompson. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to be going to a, con- a convention, uh, ladies. It's, it's from Thursday to, to Sunday, and I'm going to be traveling back home on on monday but yeah i'm, I'm gonna be having some interviews in on the youtube channel of course i'm gonna do the written version here on post but yeah i'm gonna try to i guess it's some some pretty big names gonna be at this convention man so i'm gonna try to Ooh. try my best try my best to get some of those some of those up there and then you know we could add some good promotion on the site and stuff like that man so i'm excited to do those i always get like super like hella nervous when i do interviews but like it's like that good good nerve because like i just don't want to fuck it up <laughs> so so like that, that that's like my main thing so yeah it's, uh I'm, I'm excited about that and then uh, of course you can check out the written work over at post wrestling because the the news team uh yourself good man neil my sworn enemy neil flanagan and myself uh doing the news and you know check me out on twitter at ad thompson underscore underscore and stay tuned to the andy thompson interviews youtube channel man you never know who you might see on there you never uh, know if someone's checking out your your interviews for for the first time, what would be one you would recommend for someone that's never heard you do an interview before that when you were very proud of um, that you would send people to? I would advise I, I would recommend the Chris Hero interview. I, th- I think that's a, a great one that you did. That that that's that the Chris Hero one definitely one of my favorites. Um, I would probably say check check out that that Chris Hero yeah the Chris Hero one the Jeff Jarrett one I like the one I did with Savannah Evans too from Impact Wrestling I did two with her as well and that that was really cool and um I like the one I did with Leo Leo Rush that was that was a, that was a solid one I think and um yeah I'm I'm, I'm gonna go ahead and shoot my shot right here John like I don't know if this dude is watching I really don't probably not but if he is amazing red please let me do the honors brother please I need one interview that that John that is my number one bucket list interview amazing red this dude is like off the grid like i was talking to john Cena uh a couple of weeks back i was like i feel like the only way you even see this dude these days is like you gotta pop up at a house of glory show you might like you might see him 
Like that's like the only way you'll see Amazing Red. So like that's like my number one bucket list interview. I just want to throw that out there. Hopefully right. somebody find them. Yeah. Put it out there, and and we'll, we'll try and make it happen with one amazing <laughs> red. But I, I hope you have uh, safe travels this week and uh, and grab a, a ton of interviews. And uh, thank you very much for, for joining me, Andrew. Always doing phenomenal work up on the site, uh, so you can check that out. And if you're wondering, what, what is Paul Levesque going to say to Logan Paul? Andrew will have you covered, I'm sure, on Tuesday. So that's going to wrap things up. Tuesday, I'm back with Mike Murray. We're going to be doing a G1 podcast covering day number 10, which is going to feature... Tom Lawler versus Tori Yano, including, uh, uh, well, what he said is the match he's most looking forward to. And uh, Will Ospreay and David Finley is the main event of that show. Wednesday night, Braden and Davey are both joining me to Rewind to Dynamite. We're going to have an amalgamation of Rewind to Dynamite and BD Elite. So look out for that Wednesday night live here on the channel at 10 Eastern. And the whole schedule is up at postwrestling.com. Three G1 shows this week for Post Wrestling Cafe Mm. members. And then me, solo Saturday night, going through Battle of the Belt. So if you're sick of my voice, you're going to be on life support by the end of this month. So that is it for us. A big thank you to Andrew Thompson and all of you for joining us live, especially one Martin Bushby waking up at the crack of dawn to John Pollock and Andrew Thompson. And that is it. And that concludes Rewind to Raw.